Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, the lovely Karen Randazzo. I fear not ghosts, I fear them not. And the wonderful Chris Randazzo. It's all the rage in Albania. <laughs> we talk television here. Uh, so, at times we do tend to get a little spoilery. Um, if you do not want to have Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23... Uh, Marry Me, Sports Night, the specific Thanksgiving episodes. If you don't want to be spoiled on three canceled TV shows. <laughs> I know. I, I need to we are going to be also be talking about Jessica Jones, but we are going to do our bestest to not spoil anything. Uh, very generalized information because everybody and their mother needs to know about this show. So, like I said, if you don't want spoilers for any of those shows, please go watch them and come back as I said, this is a thankful episode where we will be covering all sorts of Thanksgiving goodness. Uh, Karen, I am most yes. interested about your show because <laughs> I've never watched it in it and it's titled a word that I don't understand. So go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sports Night was a short-lived ABC sitcom. Uh, it was Aaron, one of Aaron Sorkin's first forays into television. And it's about the behind the scenes of a show similar to Sports Center on ESPN, which if you're not a sports fan, you might think the show is not for you, but it's really not about sports at all, except for the fact that they like occasionally talk about it when they're showing the actual on-air parts of the show, but mostly it's about the lives of the people running the show. Okay. So, uh, this is the, this is the first season Thanksgiving episode, which is called Thespis. Um, there are three main plots, uh, the, which I will tell you about in order of least importance to most. Uh, there's the executive, no, the, uh, the guy who manages the whole, um, network. Uh, his name is Isaac. Also known as Rafiki the monkey from The Lion King. Yes, he's, uh. Um, in the show? No. Like they call him that in the show? Yes. No, yes. he's the same actor. He's animated, uh, just like oh. Rafiki as well. This is a weird show. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they'll just be on camera talking about baseball, and then he'll just, like, dance through with a, a spear. Pick and up a, Josh Charles and hold him up Say something sky. really wise, but, like, totally nonsensical. So, uh, Thank you for laughing at that, Chris. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was picturing it in my head. <laughs> Asante sana, squash banana. Uh, no, he is the same actor, Robert Guillaume. Um, he plays Isaac, and uh, in this episode, he's uh, trying to get a hold of his wife, who's flown out to California to be with their daughter, who is about to give birth, and can't get a hold of them, and finally does get a hold of them, and it turns out the daughter went into labor, had to have an emergency C-section, but by the end of the episode, she's fine. This doesn't have a lot to do with the plot, so, you know, just shunt that off to the side. Don't is worry is about this it. a drama? No, it's a sitcom. Okay. All right. Um, uh, then there's uh, the main, the two anchors of the show are uh, Dan and Casey, played by uh, Josh Charles and Peter Krause. Uh, they are in between being on the air. When they're off the air, they're having a fight because Dan thinks it's an important day and Casey doesn't remember how, why the day is important. Um, and it turns out it's the anniversary of their first to the first time they ever did a show together. Um, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> okay. And their first show was a like little local sports show. They're they've now progressed to the point where they're on like a popular cable sports network, and they're like the main primetime sports show anchors. But this is the anniversary <laughs> of the first time they did a show together when they were just you know small town guys. I'm 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 going to intercede because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at the IMDb page for this episode, and mm-hmm. when you said that 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 was the one of the plot lines, there was a, a like a, a note went into my head. Wow, that's kind of feminine of of Dan. And then I scroll down, and it has quotes, <laughs> and mm-hmm. one of the quotes is Dan says, "I remember what you were wearing. Do you remember what I was wearing?" In case I remember at the time, not thinking that you were a woman. (laughs) God, this show is brilliant. (laughs) That was actually, that got me. That was just in text and that made me laugh. So, See, so that gives you a little idea as to why you might want to check this show out because that's like just totally standard for this show. Um, Anyway, where was I? Oh, so it turns out that Dan feels slighted. He thinks that uh, Casey was going to be offered uh, a late night hosting job position when like taking over Conan O'Brien's show when Conan first left to do the Tonight Show, maybe. Anyway, they talk about he he was going to get offered Conan's show. Um, And uh, he feels like Casey was, you know, when he didn't get the offer, he was disappointed that he had to go and do the show with Dan. Turns out he did get offered Conan's show and he turned it down so that he could do the show with Dan instead. So he chose Dan over being a potentially big, super uh, awesome late night host. Aww. Yes. However, he doesn't want to talk about it because that was pretty much the last straw for his failing marriage. Oh. Yeah. So, and in the, by this point in the show, by the time this fight happens him and his wife have split up and are divorced but because for for a number of reasons that they weren't right together it just wasn't just this one thing um but anyway so it's a nice happy moment by the end of the show where the two of them are like realize how much they mean to each other and it's sweet the main um thrust of this episode and the uh thanksgivingness of it uh, comes from the fact that while they're trying to figure out why the day is important, Chris is laughing at me. I just remember. You just remembered just what's remembered going on. Something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the associate producers, who's a giant nerd, uh, suggests that maybe it's an important day because it's uh, the anniversary of the first uh, performance by an actor on a stage in ancient Greece, mm-hmm. uh, and his name was Thespis. Uh-huh. And hence the term thespians. Oh, yes. See, you do learn stuff on here on this week's episode. (laughs) Can we get the little uh, star going (laughs) over our heads, Chiron? So, uh, Jeremy claims, the the associate producer Jeremy claims that uh, ever since he died, he likes to, on the anniversary of this occasion come and mess with performances of all types and and sort of play pranks on it uh he's a mischievous ghost so they might have an interesting show tonight (laughs) um so as so we see a lot of uh you know thespis's quote-unquote interference there's you know dan has a stumbles over lines on the teleprompter and that kind of thing um 
throughout the broadcast, they keep noticing that there is a... <laughs> they mentioned in the beginning that there is a turkey on the light grid above the set. A frozen <laughs> turkey, and everybody wants to know why. Turns out the executive producer, Dana, who is a you know, woman in her 30s, uh, and is very proud of her job and running this show, is trying to thaw this turkey because she's going to be cooking Thanksgiving dinner this year and she doesn't know how to do it. And so she's doing a, a dry run to figure it out. So she's she's thawing it on the hot she's stage thawing lights? She's thawing it on nice. the stage lights. <laughs> nice. Yes. Uh, so eventually you can combine this with uh, Thespis's interference to uh, figure out what's going to happen. Uh, she she gets angry about all these things that are going wrong in the show. She has to leave the uh, control room for a few minutes when this whole crisis with uh, Isaac and his grand grandson being born. She goes to check on him and leaves everybody in the control room to kind of handle shit while she's gone. And everything goes wrong and she gets all pissed off. Um, so when she comes back, she's like, what is the deal with this this ghost? Why? What is what is his whole thing? And uh, the guy who brought it up originally says, well, he's trying to, you know, bring humility by pointing out, uh, you know, reminding you of what is important by pointing out what is not. And uh, she just laughs this off, which is when the uh, power goes out and they don't have a signal and they can't broadcast the show for a few minutes. Oh, jeez. So she laughs it off and she goes storming out through the and makes a big speech about like, I'm I'm in charge here and no ghost is going to mess with my show and nothing screws up here unless I screw it up. And she marches right out in front of the anchor desk, which is when the turkey falls out of the light grid onto the desk (laughs) (laughs) while they're not on the air, thankfully. (laughs) So she gets to, she talks to Jeremy again and he says, you know, you really got to calm down about this Thanksgiving thing. You know, you're, I know your mother's driving you crazy and she says all these things about, you know, how come you work in sports and how come you never see your family and why don't you know how to cook a turkey? But that's because she loves you and she loves you no matter what. So maybe that's why Thespis is here to point you to that and, uh, make you not worry so much about whether or not the turkey is perfect or anything else or pleasing your mother because she loves you no matter what. And Aww. when she realizes this, Thespis moves on. He leaves the building. They get a, a report that, you know, something screwed up at a performance across town. And so they're, they're like, we're in the clear. He's gone and everything's fine. And everybody has a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I think I'm going to start doing this, what I'm doing now for every show that we talk about, because this IMDb quotes quite funny, because apparently there's a character named Elliot, and yes. he, he's talking to Dan and Dana, mm-hmm. and Elliot says, uh, anybody know why there's a 20-pound frozen turkey on the light grid? And Dana responds, or Dan replies, Dana, Elliot wants to know why there's a 20-pound frozen turkey on the grid. She responds it's a- with, it's 24 pounds. I'll tell him that, but he'll just want to know why there's a 24-pound frozen turkey on the light grid. Yeah, uh, that's just classic Sorkin. Um, He's funny. He is. Uh, I highly recommend giving the show a shot. Uh, it's it's heartwarming and funny and has relatively little to do with sports, given its title. Uh, there's uh, there's some romance. There's some drama. There's some... Uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun and funny stuff. Half hour or an hour? Half hour. And okay. it's um I it used to be on Netflix, but it's apparently now on Hulu. 
Ooh. I just discovered today when I went to rewatch this. That's good. As long as it's available somewhere. Uh-huh. It's also well, available on, on the DVDs that I have in my house, but uh, that's, that's neither here true. nor there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, no, we're not going to bring that you, up. <laughs> uh, sorry to all you listeners, but you're going to have to get your own. <laughs> or go to Hulu. Or we could start don't, a list. <laughs> don't come knocking on my door. Contact us at com slash email. <laughs> we'll start a li- mailing list for the Sorkin I believe DVD that's set. mail at geekade.com. Did I get that right, Chris? <laughs> you certainly did. And now they have the real email address to start contacting you to borrow your DVDs. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm going to send them out. I am not Netflix. <laughs> True. That was, um, that's just, I, I mean, that sounds very entertaining and not as sportsy as I thought it was going to be. This show, um, this show has a, a huge special place in my heart. Uh, it's, 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 it goes through, like, I mean, besides just this episode, um, the, the, the show itself kind of goes through some weird growing pains where it starts, either when the show starts, there's a, a very uncomfortable fake canned laugh track. Oh. Um, and it grows out of it. Like, the laugh track goes away. It, it's, it actually becomes less and less until it's gone. Oh, that's cool. Which, which is great. Um, because, it, you know, they were still kind of, there wasn't a, there weren't a whole lot of sitcoms that didn't have laugh tracks when this originally aired. You know, that, like, the mm-hmm. laugh track was still kind of the thing to do. Um, but, and I know this is like really high praise, but I, I hold this show in a very similar regard to Firefly. Oh, really? Um, I really do because uh, for for all the, the the comedy that's in this show, um, it, it invokes a lot of the same feelings that I get from Firefly because uh, the, there's a sense of family. Like there's this group of people that are that are together and they're working together towards some sort of common goal, and the the bond that these characters uh, get for one another, like Firefly, is relatively lighthearted, except when it's not. You know, and right. then it hits you like a, a ton of bricks because there was all that that joy and levity, and you you, you just kind of feel the love between all these characters. So that when things serious things start happening, they seem to mean more. Mm-hmm. And this show hits those notes very similar to the way that Firefly does, at least for me. Because um, you know, you start watching it, and it's like, oh, I, I get it. Everyone's you know kind of got their own quirks. You understand who the characters are. And then, like, they'll drop some sort of serious bomb, and it'll mean so much. Like, I mean, there's, there's, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there's a, there's an episode where something bad happened to a main character, like, a little while ago, and he wasn't on the show for a bit, and then he comes back at the most amazing moment, and it just, it gets me every time. Like, there's just, there's no way to watch it and not just get hit with the feels. It's uh, got, it's got feels aplenty. It does. It oozes the feels, and um, it's it's a phenomenal show. It really, really is. It, and I, it's got a lo- uh, it's got a little bit of bonus Clark Gregg before he was Coulson. True, yeah, ah. um, and uh, and some uh, some William H Macy before he was William H Muffman. <laughs> <laughs> Have either of you seen the show The League? I haven't, but it's on my list. Same here. It see it seems that I, I mean there's very very little feels in the league but it is very funny and it theoretically revolves around fantasy football and i didn't watch it because i'm not interested in in fantasy football but someone you know required me to watch it and i did it is hysterically funny and very entertaining and they could pretty much take out the words fantasy football 
and replace it with anything else, and it would still be just as funny because it's about the interactions of the characters, which is good. Like that's it sounds like that's what the show is doing because if you know it loses because it has the word sports in the title, it loses a person like me until I'm forced to watch it, and then someone else tells me that it's got the feels of Firefly, you know. That definitely means I'm going to have to now sit down and watch. Yeah. Consider <laughs> yourself forcing. <laughs> yeah, and and <laughs> I don't I don't know if you'll feel the same way, but I I do. It 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 hits a lot of the same notes for me. And also, hang on a second, because of the three of us, you're the one who managed to get through a whole season of Jessica Jones in a weekend, and you're complaining about two seasons of a sitcom. <laughs> Listen, there's completely different. Okay. Yes, it's easier Jessica. to get through a sitcom. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. This uh, we'll talk about Jessica Jones in a bit. Um, no, I, it, it's absolutely way easier to get through sitcom. Those twenty, it's and it's only like twenty minute bursts, mm-hmm. and hopefully it's entertaining enough to keep me going. You know, oh, just one more episode. I That's a sign say... up for the show when it's like eleven thirty at night, and I go, all right, just one more. I am just itching to watch this show right now. <laughs> I, just, I am ready to start a rewatch of this show. And I will say, though, upon subsequent reviewings, it it ages a little less well than you think it does. There are some jokes in there that are like, the one you mentioned about them, not thinking that you were a woman at the time. That was funny, but I don't think that that could be, note that you could get away with that kind of joke on TV today. There's too much... Uh, there would be too much like, anti-feminist, uh, you know, sentiment about it. Yeah, which but- Aaron Sorkin is kind of notorious for not totally getting women, and I see that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is uh, putting it lightly. <laughs> All right. Well, good. I'll, I'll definitely check that out. Sounds sounds like it's uh, right up my alley. Oh, fair warning! It also oh. got canceled, just like Firefly. So yeah, but this seems they got second season. So. They did, but don't expect a... And they did manage to wrap up the end with some kind of resolution, which did yeah, not happen there was there was some kind of resolution. But it, there's, I would say, a little bit less resolution if you count Serenity in that, that whole thing. But a similar resolution to uh, some characters. We can talk about that in the future. <laughs> We're going to have to. You do. Would, yes. Chris? Yo. Marry me? Okay. <laughs> uh, problem. Oh, no. Apparently, there's multiple problem. problems. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to talk about Marry Me. Now, fair warning, I haven't watched this episode since it aired last year. Uh, this show got the shit canceled out of it, which made me very sad. Um, I'll help you with it as sad. best as I can. I did it watch it like so 20 great. minutes ago. This show was great. This show was just legitimately funny. Um, I, the reason I decided to watch it was because uh, one of the two main stars is Ken Marino, who he's was the shit in everything he was, that he does. Sorry, uh, he's, he's he's exactly. You're right. He was Louis on the state. He was one of the one of the members of the state, which is one of the most glorious, influential pieces of comedy that's ever crossed my path and uh when i see members of the state doing things i tend to follow and this one in particular just you know i wasn't sure about it but the very first episode the opening sequence of the first episode had me and karen laughing so hard uh that we were just sold on the show ever since and it kept getting better it kept getting better and it was so sad that they canceled it but all right so um before i go any further quick spoiler glenn's alive we're going to talk Walking Dead in a future episode, but we just watched 
uh, the, the this week's episode of Walking Dead before <laughs> recording this episode, and um, I just got to say that I'm really pissed at the show for even wasting our time trying to, like, with this whole fake-out with Glenn. Like, that's not a spoiler. We all knew he wasn't dead. Like, that's not how you kill a main character on that show. It's not even kill a main... Lazy, angry, like just uh, all right. Moving on, <laughs> you can you can cut that out if you want. I no. just had to say something. Um, I'm gonna ha- you're, you're, tune you're, in next week for our thoughts on the Walking yeah, for Dead our season on, yeah. finale. The Skype is cutting in and out, so I'm gonna have to listen to this episode to hear what you just said. <laughs> Good times. All right, so the two main characters, marry me, uh, are Jake and Annie, and they are newly engaged folk. Um, and uh, this is uh, the episode I'm talking about is called Thank Me, and it is their Thanksgiving episode. Annie decides that uh, it's their first uh, Thanksgiving as an engaged couple, so she wants to host Thanksgiving and cook the meal and, and, and do all the everything. To which Jake said, well, you're going to have to break it to my mother because she's the one who usually handles Thanksgiving and she has this like legendary feast and blah, blah, blah. And when I'm explaining this, it's not going to sound like it's as funny as it is, but Trust me, it is. <laughs> so, uh, following the traditional uh, sitcom tropes, uh, the mother-in-law is kind of a monster, and uh, she doesn't trust uh, Annie, or Annie thinks that she doesn't trust Annie to pull off Thanksgiving, so when she says that she wants to host, uh, she tries to one-up her by saying, all right, well, if you're going to host Thanksgiving, I'm going to buy you a brand new dinner table made of, like, solid mahogany or something like that. <laughs> And uh, your empty dining room makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, there you go. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to keep chiming in. All right, first, I have a question for you. Who is Gil? Uh, Gil. Um, he was this. Uh, he was like this chubby guy that was um uh, Jake's friend. Just a friend of Jake. Okay. Yeah. Friend yeah. Of he's Jake. A, like a uh, Zach Galifianakis type. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's he's been in other things, but I have never. I only watched this one episode, and I felt like he was like a, a brother to Annie or something. Like he's just the guy that just yeah, no, he's just, to be he's there just all the time Jake's buddy. Yeah, he's okay. there all the time. Yep. All right. So, um, speaking of uh, speaking of Gil, uh, chubby guy, uh, his <laughs> subplot was probably the most interesting thing in the episode. <laughs> Had the uh, best ending to it. <laughs> th- oh God. All right, so so they're off. Um, they're everyone's together. All the characters in the show or whatever. They're off shopping for Thanksgiving dinner, and uh, Gil befriends the cheese guy <laughs> at the uh, at the grocery store, who gets him into illegal underground cheese tastings. <laughs> they call themselves Prada cheeses, and they eat its speak cheesies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh so 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 Gil gets involved in this uh I- illegal um Well you have to tell cheese tasting. Gil is a is a prodigies. He is, he is a prodigies. He like they <laughs> they give him some cheese and he's just like, Oh, I, I taste hints of blah 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 or whatever. Um and they like he fits right in with these people, and so he uh, he he goes ahead and gets himself um, to, to contribute to the Thanksgiving that they're all going to have together. Uh, he's going to bring a cheese plate. So there you go, cheese and crackers. He does a little cheese and crackers dance because he thinks it's the easiest thing. Oh, to that's bring. right, I forgot. <laughs> and their friends go, "I'm bringing napkins. I'm bringing ice." It's, oh man. <laughs> 
It's like the reverse. There was a episode of Friends like this where Monica was like making a bit, having a big party or something, and uh, she put Phoebe in charge of cups and ice because she couldn't screw that up, and like she was all mad about having these easy jobs. And that, but it's the reverse of that in this where they're Everybody's like, oh, "I'm going to claim out. the easy jobs." <laughs> well, speaking of a uh, um, Friends, uh, th- that same episode, I think the. Um, one of the things that happens in this episode is that Jake goes to talk to his mom and finds that she is baking a backup Thanksgiving dinner for when uh, Annie uh, inevitably blows the whole thing, which gets Jake, like, totally on Annie's side. Like, they go home and go all, like, bug nuts crazy. Like, no, we're going to nail Thanksgiving. We're going to order our own table, and we're going to get everything right. And um, <laughs> she was spending the day trying and failing miserably to, to, to make the meal. And when he finally gets back from his mother's house, she's curled up in the corner, sitting beside a chair on the floor, drinking cooking sherry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, are you drinking cooking sherry? It's so sweet. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh, didn't she like... At the beginning, there was a joke about, like, she keeps her sweaters in the oven or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, there was. Actually, there, and later on, when the two friends, the, the female friends of hers, they're sitting there and she's going over, like, I could do this. This is great. I'm going to be good. I'm going to take, knock this out of the park. He, she goes into the fridge and she pulls out, like, a, a little Tupperware and pulls out a spoon out of the, she's like, here, look, taste this. This is, this is, this is what I'm talking about. And she hands the spoon to one of the girls. The girls eats, one of the girls eats it. And she's like, oh my God, that's amazing. And the other girl goes, oh, let me have some. She goes, I only made one spoonful. It took me six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so each person has two spoonfuls it's gonna take me 136 hours to make this meal <laughs> oh good times Yay. all right so uh let's see long story short uh everyone uh the the, the table that they order shows up uh it's actually she didn't measure so it's like a tiny kids table <laughs> so the whole family crowds around this little teeny tiny table to this have their little Thanksgiving tables dinner. are in now like <laughs> that's you right. know that <laughs> um let's see uh jake decides that the he, i don't know the food wasn't cooking fast enough so he figures that turning up all the heat is gonna just make it cook faster and not you know burn and destroy everything uh which it does uh so every, every dinner basically gets destroyed except for gil's cheese plate which he sits down at the tiny table and and starts a. Uh, Dulling out the cheese. Uh, what's a Jake's mom admits that her first uh, Thanksgiving was uh, a total disaster because her mother-in-law destroyed everything and everything comes full circle. Everyone loves each other. Yay! Um, but the, uh, the the wrap up of Gil's story, okay. <laughs> which is the the, the great thing, was uh, that uh, he introduces the first cheese that everyone tastes, uh, which was made from a human eighteen-year-old female. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> to which everyone starts spitting it out and throwing up or whatever. Uh, it's all the rage in Albania. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, uh, it's human brie. <laughs> fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I, which I'm, is a real thing. Like uh, yeah, came out a, a, year, a year or two ago. Like people make cheese out of breast milk, and it's like, why? <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, this show was great. Uh, I miss it. You know, I miss having. I mean, I I like half hour comedies. They're they're really great because so many shows are full hours, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. some shows you know are only half hour. That should be a full hour. I'm looking at you, Ash versus Evil Dead. Come on, come on. 
I, you know, be what? an I'm, hour. I'm okay with it being a half hour because you know they it, it gives it less time for them to to screw it up because they're doing a really good job of it so far. Yeah. So true. But I did, anyway. I, I, Tim Meadows and this other guy Dan. Oh, the um, the oh, they're both uh, Annie's they're gay dads, named, and they both have the yeah, same they're both name. Named Kevin. Kevin, that was it. Yeah. And I, I didn't know their names, and I like yet again, I'm looking on the webs, and it says Tim Meadows, Kevin one. Dan, Kevin two. <laughs> Kevin two. <laughs> I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, this was the. I, this was such a shame. I was so sad this got canceled. I mean, I I'd never NBC heard of this drops show. a lot of garbage. Like they drop a lot of crappy sitcoms, and it's such a shame when when good shows like this get killed. It, it's really, really. I mean, like really well thought out. Like they did a, the the quips and the the witticism of the show was phenomenally fast. Like Casey Wilson is a really, really funny actress. Um, Ken Marino, they play off of each other remarkably well. Yeah, they yeah, had like they, lightning they were, fast chemistry. Yeah, yeah, they were great. So I, I unfortunately I started in the middle of this. Now I'm gonna have to start over with this one too. God damn it, I got a lot of television to watch. <laughs> I did just notice that if you're missing your uh, Ken Marino fix, I just read that he got a role on uh, Agent Carter season two. Oh, that's right. He's going to be the villain. I'm oh. so jazzed about that. Oh, oh, God. Oh, complete, complete sideways segue. <laughs> Teen Titans Go. Did you hear about this, Evan? No. So, you know the show Teen Titans Go. Teen Titans. Yes. Yeah, like the super, like, crazy, deformed, weirdo ultra, ultra version anime, of it. Call it. Ultra anime one. Not the one that you know, people used to love a whole lot. The one right. that's currently on. Right. They just did Darkseid. Guess right. who voiced Darkseid? I have no idea. Weird Al Yankovic. No, sh- <laughs> that is an ultimate I, win right there. <laughs> I have to know what a Weird Al Yankovic dark will, side is like. I'm gonna get that for you, know. and I'm gonna send you over. I'm gonna send it over to you. <laughs> Please do. Fascinating. <laughs> oh, I, when this was on last year, yeah, mm, that's a shame. I, I, I don't. I'd never heard of the show. Like it, that's completely went under my radar, especially with like. Ken is one of my favorites. Like, I actually watched Bad Milo. <laughs> Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. Ken Marino has a butt demon. That's right. That, yep, yep. That's Ken not Marino's a euphemism awesome. for something. He no, had a no, no. He's living had a, in his yeah. ass. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that whole thing. <laughs> he's, he's fantastic. Uh, this show was genuinely amusing. I don't know why it failed, uh, other than just being an NBC comedy that was clearly not marketed all that well. I know, um, what was it? Ken Marino was on the, uh, like he was on, uh, like the, the NBC, uh, thanksgiving day parade last year like he oh. was one of the guys that was there with them and i thought well the show must be doing all right because uh they got ken marino up here doing all this he was done the their new year's thing too oh. and pfft, i no. guess you know they pushed it as best they could but uh, it's such a shame such a shame yeah i mean if they if you know anything about the state if you only know one thing it's probably i'm gonna dip my balls in it <laughs> Exactly. Um, and yeah. that is so probably true. like the biggest name on the show, so that's why they were trotting him out to. Uh, but you know, I hate to say this about Casey Wilson because I love her a lot. Um, but her other show was Happy Endings, and um, which was also reportedly really great and short-lived, um, gone too soon. A happy end- and I- that, was that the one with the she was married to like a marketing dude. I never saw it, and single episode of it. <laughs> 
Okay. So Continue. I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is um, it, it almost feels like she's a show killer, you know? <sighs> the dreaded show killer. And, and, I, and I want that to not be true. I want her to get on a show and, and have it be successful and uh, have her break that streak because she's fantastic and she deserves lots oh, of nope. good stuff. That's not uh, – nope, that is not what I thought it was. Okay. Completely different show. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, which is a shame because she is super, super talented and really funny. Like every time – like I, I've heard her on a bunch of different podcasts or, you know, she – she standardly up until – recently was like the other character or the friend and every time she popped in she was funny as hell so i'll definitely watch this whole thing because th- this one episode tickled me something funny and uh it made me want to watch the next one even though i don't think they're linear in any way shape or form other than shooting towards their wedding day yeah you know there's a little bit of you know a little bit of connective tissue in the same way of like a show like friends you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. character growth and whatnot but yeah well worth well worth a watch seriously it's 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 out there go get it it's it's well worth your time all right now in in preparation for talking about miss jessica jones from netflix i decided to watch don't trust the bee in apartment 23 this stars Kristen ritter uh, as chloe and Dreama Walker as June. They are two roommates. Apparently, for comedy purposes, they are the complete opposites of each other. Dreama is a June is a bright-eyed woman from like Indiana, and she's in the big city now and living her life. Uh, Chloe is the hard-edged kind of you know bitchy oof of a girl. And they're constantly making fun of each other, and Chloe's taking advantage of June all the time. It's it's their their chemistry is phenomenal on this show. Um, as a as like a third character on the show is James Vanderbeek from the Dawson Creek fame, and as a stretch for James, he plays James Vanderbeek, Chloe's friend, childhood friend. They they've been together for a very long time, and you know they're they're yin to yang type of thing uh the episode that i am going to be talking about is it's called it's a miracle it's their thanksgiving episode hopefully everybody understands that there's a little bit of a theme to our show this week oh hey today the day this show goes live not today that we're recording it but the day this show goes live is thanksgiving happy thanksgiving woo thanksgiving we hope you're all enjoying your big family meal and and resting off your turkey by listening to our show getting rid of the itis Oh. We're between all, uh, episodes of the MST3K Turkey Day Marathon. This yes, is very we're, true. <laughs> we're all thankful for you, our listeners. <laughs> um, So just so you understand how the show, like the, the, the mindset of the show, it opens with, with June walking into the kitchen, being all cheery. She's like, hey, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And and Chloe happens to be on her, her Bluetooth. She's talking on her uh, – she's waiting for a phone call to be answered on her cell phone and – they have an across the way neighbor that, you know, they, they talk to each other through their windows and he gives, you know, the, the explanation that this is what she does every Thanksgiving. She calls 
her exes and, and ruins their holiday. <laughs> and, and she goes hell she, of pastime. It, she does like five or six of them, but they're real quick. And I, I I picked out the one that I liked the most, and it was Hey Harold, did you see the parade? Yeah, you should get tested. <laughs> I like uh, so funny. Um, it turns out that June wanted to go home to Indiana for the holidays, but she didn't have enough money because she got fired recently, so she couldn't afford it. So she was thinking about volunteering uh, for the holiday, and cue James Vanderbeek, who enters the room with his uh, obviously homosexual assistant, and they are going to the 78th Street shelter to, to volunteer. Uh, she's like, oh, well, can I come with you? And he's like, well, did you make a reservation? And she's like, for the shelters? Like, yeah, I, I put my name in a year ago. This is like the highest rated shelter to get promotion. People signed up for this years in advance. So she can't just go. So that's the B plot. And we're going to continue with that because when he goes, he starts serving out. I think he's serving gravy and he's talking all, oh, this is what it's all about. You know, being helping others and, and, and the true meaning of the holiday and all these people, you know, photographers are taking pictures and snapping it. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh, is that a Kardashian or whoever it was for that time? And they all leave and he's like, all right, good. I'm done. I'm out. And he, he, he jets. Um, he, he ends up back at his apartment and two bouncers from the shelter find him at his apartment and say, no, 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 no. Your day's not over. You have to come back. So they drag him back to the shelter and they force him to serve for the entire day. Um, within that, uh, his jacket gets stolen. He ends up in a conversation with a small boy that, that you hear the conversation start and he's like, man, it's great that we have all this food and it's nice and warm in here. And you know, the last, this, the, the mashed potatoes are so soft. The last soft thing I had was that giant garbage bag filled with pillow. And he just fades away, but he's still talking. And then we go into James Vanderbeek's head because he's on lunch break right now and he's cutting into turkey and he's eating it. And what's running through his head is, man, how long have I been chewing on this piece of turkey? This is really dry. Oh my God. Is, is that a tendon? I, I can't, I can't, I can't eat a tendon. I have to spit this out into a napkin. This kid won't shut up. Hysterically funny. This little kid's end up doing the universal sign for choking and he just, that's it, goes away done <laughs> um the homeless are gluten free which made me laugh because there was a little interaction there like they didn't want bread because one of the, the homeless dudes is, is going gluten free <sighs> so the main plot of the story is is chloe needs to has this weird like this weird relationship with her parents um her father, she's like she's a she's a she's daddy's little girl. Her mother happens to be in a wheelchair, and she hates her mother. So she's not going home for the holidays. So she decides to try to convince June to go help uh, the Native Americans in the only way that she knows how by by going to a Native American casino and playing twenty one, <laughs> playing blackjack all night, you know, shelling out their money. It helps. Yeah, yeah. It, it, in any little way that they can, June agrees, and they, you know, they hop into a cab and head off to the, to the casino. And it turns out that Chloe, you know, tricked her. They end up at her parents' house. Now, what I had forgotten up to this point was that at one point in time, Chloe set up June with her dad. 
And they made out and messed around for a little bit whilst he was still married to the woman in the wheelchair. So it's a little awkward that she's going to show up for Thanksgiving dinner because June is under the impression that the mother knows. Hmm. So Chloe convinces her the only way we can make this work is if you pretend that you ha- you you got into an accident, you were thrown from your horse and you broke your pelvis in 60 different places and she then pulls a wheelchair out. <laughs> <laughs> so she convinces Jude to sit in this wheelchair for the entire day so that the mother turns her hatred into some sort of sympathy and then they can bond over their wheelchairiness together. <laughs> standard sitcom comedy tropes miscommunications haha funny the the father is avoiding her the entire time that she's there and she feels that he's avoiding her because she's in a wheelchair now when it turns out that the mother didn't know that they fooled around he was feeling awkward at the fact that she was there and this all comes to a head when chloe tells everybody at at the dinner table that she's faking it, picks her up and pretty much throws her out of the chair to make her stand up. And she flops down to the ground. She's like, you really are going to do this? You know, on Thanksgiving. And she slowly stands up. She's like, it's a miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, she gets kicked out. Um, But the, Chloe stays for the rest of dinner and and June sits out on the curb for about two to three hours. When Chloe comes out, she's like, you did great. I mean, you were so convincing. Everything went according to plan. You know, they're arguing. Well, it's a half argument, half praise type conversation. And it turns out Chloe planned all of this because she knew that if her parents found out that she was living with a woman that was so horrible as to fake being in a wheelchair that they would want her to move out, and they gave her money to move out. They gave her $2,000 to pack up her shit and leave. So she split the money with June so that she can go home for the holidays. Aww. Aww, right? It was sweet. At the very end, she's like, okay, but, you know, you have to, like, be sad. So we're going to turn, and I'm going to hand you this dish of leftovers, and we're going to make it look like we're arguing, and you're just going to go down to the end of the the block. And as she's doing that, she's waving her arms around and being very animated as if to be angry. And they have this, like, I don't know, two-minute conversation about, you know, I really feel like pie. When we go home, can we stop to get pie? I know you're thinking (laughs) you want pumpkin, but I'm going to say this. Apple. Let's go get apple pie. We should talk like this to each other all the time. It's a lot of fun. The, 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 the speed in which the jokes come out, very fast, very funny, and like no thinking involved. That's what I loved about this show. Like it just threw comedy and funniness in your face that you couldn't help but laugh. So this is the one side of, of the, 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 the character that is, you know, Chloe, you know, Kristen Ritter. This is the side of her past after the break we're going to talk about the brand new we'll call her a little rougher Kristen Ritter (laughs) Um, in the brand new Jessica Jones Netflix series (sighs) so 
I've never seen an episode of this show, uh, never once. Uh, it, it looked really silly to me, and then somebody told me, you know, this show's actually pretty funny. I think you've got to be kidding me. It, it, but, and it really is. It's like, And it's it doesn't feel like you're wasting any time because it goes so fast. Like, they're see, so quick. I, this, this show, if I remember correctly, came on around the same time as Two Broke Girls, uh, which somebody told me was funny, and they were mm. fucking lying because the show was terrible. Why am I uh, lying to you? Yeah, just flat out garbage. And I think I, I had looked at that one first because, uh, I was a fan of Kat Dennings. And, uh, it was like, no, no, this is absolute filth. So yeah, I'm tagging out. Uh, but apparently I missed something on this, uh, this Apartment 23 show. So it was, it, it is very, very much worth the watch. You know, it's on Netflix now, so it's readily available to everyone. So, all right. Uh, let's take a quick break. Listen to our sponsors, and when we come back, we're going to get into some Netflix action. After a week of what can be described as confusing, Doctor Who gets its feet back under it in its latest episode. That isn't to say that there wasn't any collateral damage, though. Can a character's death be believed if there's no dumpster nearby? Don't miss Time and Relative Dimension and spoilers. Number 10, Face the Raven. The WWE Survivor Series happened this weekend, but who survived? Did The Undertaker undertake the Wyatt family? Why does Kane need a lollipop? Who is the new champ now that the old champ is injured in real life? We've got not one, but two new ways to find out in Ring the Bell Episode 15, 2015 Survivor Series, and Why I Love Wrestling Survivor Series Predictions. Go to Ring the Bell to laugh at the Survivor Series, then go to Why I Love Wrestling to laugh at dance predictions. Either way, wrestling and laughs will be had. The Walking Dead Fantasy League is back again to recap and award points for this week's all-new Walking Dead. Glenn's fate has finally been revealed. Seriously, this was a surprise to no one. But what does it mean for Brandon and Travis's fantasy scores? Head to the Geek Aid YouTube channel to find out. After months of dancing around the facts, Dan Ryan and myself went ahead and finally eloped. Our love is real, and it cannot be denied. Unfortunately, the only evening available for our love excursion was the night we usually record paper cuts. So Dean and Matt had to go it alone. At least they had each other. Don't miss paper cuts number 59. Just the two of us to find out all about what books our remaining unmarried cast read last week. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for listening to our sponsors. I know that we, that's a really loose term for us saying that they're sponsors. Thank you well, for we listening. We sponsor to, ourselves. This is very true, but it's not, you know, it's not the norm. Nobody's paying us. Somebody pay us. Chris, pay me. I want my cat to pay me. A cat. Ugh. Just sitting there on the couch being all unconscious. Bloody likely. See, but at least yours is unconscious. Mine's knocking shit off shelves. Like it finds the the exact time in which I cannot pay attention to it to start ruckusing shit up. Cat talk. Can you describe the ruckus? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Main topic for this evening. It is the long awaited return of a Marvel series to Netflix. Once daredevil finished its run everybody was clamoring for more because daredevil was the shit it was it was still is it is but um 
you know, not for nothing, Jessica Jones is giving it a run for its money. We have uh, 13 brand new episodes, you know, dropped, uh, what is it, four days ago? What, Friday? Thursday? Something like that. I mean, they did it again. In my opinion, like, they knocked it clean out of the park. This is the 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 main characters is a, a, a little known Marvel character by the name of Jessica Jones. She is a superheroine, and she tries. Well, she's super powered. Yes. Well, at one point in time, she was a superhero as well. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of one of her defining traits is that she. I and I know I don't know this from the show because I'm we're only four episodes in, mm-hmm. but but the very little that I knew about Jessica Jones going in was her name's Jessica Jones. She has some sort of superpowers. I, I've never known what they are. Strength. She attempted to be a superhero, and then that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, married to Luke Cage or something in the comics, because I know they have a kid together or something. That is correct. In the current run of the, the comics, she's married to Cage. Uh, she was, if I'm not mistaken, her her superhero name was Jem. I feel like that's what it was. Kind wow. of silly. That does not fit at all. It was... It was uh, for some reason, I remember like a, a, a silly white and purple costume with a, a yeah, gem on yeah, yeah. it. Um, it's definitely a white and purple costume of some sort. The um, she I, I, smiled a lot. Yeah, she, it, something serious happened in this the story that that is in the Netflix show that makes her not want to be a superhero anymore. That she can't do it, uh, but she still feels the necessity to help people. So she opens up a you know private investigating service. Um, alias investigations um in the comics that's what it was called and this was originally going to be called alias or the story was going to be called alias but at the point in time there was a show named alias which had nothing to do with this so they changed the comic around to just be jessica jones and she is a badass super duper badass um not going to get too deep into the into the story of it all but Everybody in this show does a phenomenal job. It is perfectly casted. Um, the perfect amount of references and Easter eggs for us comic book folk. Phenomenal writing for those that don't give a shit about comics that just want to watch an action-packed crime drama. Because in for all intents and purposes, this is a love story. Actually, it's a couple of love stories running at the same time, which is great like it's a new take on the superhero genre you know they're not just jumping around or you know punching people into space it's there's an actual story behind jessica jones and her situation in the show i don't know how far i should go the big baddie um all right so we have met the purple man okay you have um, met the purple man and we have seen uh we're like the 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 cop that um he was controlling tried to kill himself uh she stopped him and okay. kind of got him out of that and like the last episode we watched uh he went over to the like the woman that she, uh, Jessica Jones's friend who he tried to kill he went over to her house to like give her a gun and try to help and whatnot it goes about where we left off all right well the the basis for the show is that um Jessica Jones is her her past involves uh, the Purple Man, um, <laughs> Kilgrave, which they reference a number of times in the show as the stupidest name for a villain ever. Why don't they just name him Death Morgue? Or they 
it's a it's a they keep referencing that it is silly because it's not as silly as the purple man right um but kilgrave's power is mind control within proximity of his voice so if he tells you to do something you will do everything in your power to do it um I think the understanding is that it only lasts for 12 hours or so, 10 to 12 hours, once he is after given the last order, or you must complete what he told you to do. So if he says, you know, jump off the building, if you jump off the building and you survive, you will will not no longer be in his control. They play with that a, a little bit as the show progresses because it's kind of a scary notion that a bad guy can control anyone that he wants to by just speaking to them it's not the standard where he has to amass an army to take over the world anybody can be his army Mm -hmm. so at one point in time in her past she had interactions with Kilgrave where she was controlled by him she vowed that that would never happen again it has scarred her she's dealing with like a PTSD type of thing she has made it her, her duty to get rid of this Blight on New York. David Tennant does a phenomenal job yeah, as Kilgrave. He, he is a really, really creepy in this show. Uh, I, I, my favorite comments that I've seen online are uh, his performance in this show has changed the way I look at Doctor Who. <laughs> like that is how good of a performance he gives. And he did a phenomenal job as the Doctor. He did, yeah. This is the polar opposite of the Doctor. Yes, this is no uh, kidding. <laughs> like he is a uh, far more, more rapey than uh... <laughs> right. Very, very rapey, very creepy, um, and he knows what he has. Like he is, he is snide and and crude about it. Which and he doesn't seem to have any like. There's like no humanity in him. No, there is yeah. no humanity in him whatsoever. Uh, as the show progresses, you'll you'll find out why. Um, but as a as a villain that okay as a hero trying to stop a villain of that character that you cannot get within earshot of him what do you do how do you stop him that's what we're dealing with for a number of the episodes i just had a a, a, an idea pop into my head that i don't know if it would work or not earplugs well maybe but i'm thinking uh Sniper rifle, twink, uh, dart filled with that stuff that she got the the drop. Oh yeah, true. Got. Yeah, that you know? that that, that was one of the suggestions <laughs> by uh, the 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 cop guy. Because once the cop straightens out and he's no longer under his control and he feels that it is his duty because he had done so wrong to that woman to take Kilgrave out, he is all sorts of gung ho to take down Kilgrave. Um, Kilgrave is always very protective of what he does and how he does it so he he's he's in hiding a lot so it's a little more difficult um the explanation why they couldn't do the sniper rifle type setup is that revolves that involves setup like you don't go someplace to sniper rifle someone you bring someone to a place to sniper rifle them yeah which i snipe them i believe yes yes i like sniper rifle them um (laughs) which i said okay makes sense Give me, give me more story to how you're going to fix this situation. Uh, my favorite character in this show, oddly enough, is her friend. Her, her meek, quiet bestie, th- 
the the girl refuses to be taken advantage of anymore. So she is is a celebrity. She's in the limelight, and she does like I mean, her apartment is locked down, like thumbprints to get in, video surveillance in and out. Like I look at her character as like the 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 human in a, in in this reality that New York has become because this New York is the same New York that took place in Daredevil. It's the same New York that took place in Avengers where shit's all turned upside down. You know, they reference the the New York, the situation. The, yeah, the event. Everything is tied together. Luke Cage, we get to see him. We find out a little bit of his backstory. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Uh, did you get to... St- I, don't, I don't remember what episode, but did you see how he revealed his powers? Yes. Oh, with the, 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 with the, with the circular tables, saw. With the circular yeah, saw. Pretty awesome. I, and it was it was real quiet, and he just lifted up his shirt and fucking blew out a circular saw on his on his stomach, and it did nothing. Showing the 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 two sides. Jessica Jones has powers. She's not hiding, but she's not broadcasting it either. Luke Cage is very much in hiding. He doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody. Just let me live my life. I'll be fine has no urge to be the hero that he could be that's another you know subplot of this whole series so without getting sorry let me uh let me cut you off uh do they ever do they explain in the course of the series how either one of them got their powers okay one you don't have to tell me one more than the other they just had that little conversation okay so they did you you saw the conversation where post coitus yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the full extent of his explanation, like his explanation of how he got his powers. They go a little bit deeper with her. Okay, okay cool. Um, cause I mean, you know, in the Marvel uh, MCU, they, you know, all the movie superheroes, you kind of know where they came from. And mm-hmm. Daredevil, like, he's just a dude who's blind and happens right. to like, all his other senses are awesome, but like this There's one, the I was like, that were involved with his blindness. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. seems like everybody involved in, uh, what, what's the what's that area? Uh, de- uh, Hell's, Hell's Kitchen. kitchen. Yeah, if if you have powers in Hell's Kitchen, it is involved in some sort of chemical problem. Yeah, I like, just yeah. you know, it, it seemed like to me that we were just expected to take. Okay, she has superpowers. Don't worry about it. Like, well, whatever. I, I, they are very much beholden onto Daredevil. Like, this is the universe that you're getting into. That you like, they're assuming that you know sort of what's going on. I liked the fact that they didn't give me a drawn out, this is how it happened type of thing. Uh, because, like, I know Jessica Jones from the Marvel, un- like, the comic book universe. Like, she had a crush on Peter Parker. And when that fell through type of thing, that's when she became her own person or her own character. Like, they're not tying it to the comic book world. I don't really, whatever. I- I- I'm okay with it being, hey, yeah, she can jump and punch things and brawl with the best of them other right, than i got a, i got a couple of things Go ahead. got a couple of things all right thing number one um the villains mm-hmm. in this this show and daredevil are the best villains that the marvel cinematic universe has yes uh with the exception of i mean it i would say maybe on a a, 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 a slightly step down would be a agent ward on agents of shield mm-hmm. he was he's a fantastic villain but the freaking kingpin and kilgrave are just insane like great great villains Uh, Um, and hold on i'm gonna add on to that point it's because we get 13 hours 
That's true. Okay. That's true. When it comes to the, the, if, if Marvel were to take their movie villains and spread them out over a number of, like, they have the ability to do it like, uh, Thanos, right? Thanos is yeah. going to be the big yeah. bad. If they gave me a little bit more at the end of each of the movies, he would be a, a, a more thought out character. They don't do that. They just throw a big baddie on the screen for two hours, let things explode, and then finish the yeah, job. Yeah, and they usually don't have, like, really great uh, motivations or even, like, really impressive performances, with the exception of Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been in how many movies? Uh, what, three now? That's four, six something? to Six yeah. to eight hours. That, yeah, like, not true. You know he is getting a lot more time, but on the same token, you know, you can create a good villain in a movie. Like, you can do it in that amount of time. So, while I get, yes, these characters are great villains, I don't think it's much of an excuse when you have, like, villains like, a, what's, what's it, the Ronan the Accuser. Just, okay, I get it. He there's, accuses there's, people. There's nothing to that character. He's just like, I'm I'm big, dumb, bad guy. Uh, same thing they could have done. They had friggin' Christopher Eccleston playing uh, Malekith, and there wasn't a lot there. Like... It's it, I I love the MCU, but if there's a weakness to it, it's that they haven't done a great job with villains. I mean, Loki was a great villain after Thor. Like by the time Thor was done, Loki was really impressive. Right. Like it didn't take three movies for him to get to be a good villain. He was after one. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you. Um, now, the second thing, uh, this is all part of the same Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm a little confused on the timeline because um, right now in Agents of Shield, uh, Agents of Shield has uh, acknowledged the second Avengers movie, like the other event, um, as well as the in Agents of Shield. There's Terrigen mists all over the place and Inhumans waking up everywhere, right? Uh, which does ha- hasn't been referenced in this show, nor has the Age of Ultron been referenced in this show. Just the event. Uh, of the first Avengers movie. So I'm wondering if this show doesn't take place currently. Uh, sort of like maybe it takes place around the same time as Daredevil. Uh, I would, I, I would, that, mm, I'm gonna, st- it, my, from seeing the whole series, my opinion is it takes up right after Daredevil. Right after Daredevil? Okay. Yes. Which uh, I, I think would be fine, because uh, Daredevil, I'm pretty sure, took place before Age of Ultron as well. Yes, but I also feel that this these series wouldn't talk about the international stuff for some reason. Hmm. Like, they talk about the event because it happened in New York. It, it did, because it happened in New York. I guess, I guess I'm guess i more con- confused about the, uh, the Terrigen Mist thing and why we haven't seen... Uh, not really why we haven't seen Inhumans, uh, but just why there hasn't been any sort of mention of that, since it seems to be a pretty major event. But there, again, there is a strong possibility that it takes place before that. I mean, we—it's mm-hmm. been a year since Daredevil. No, it couldn't have been that long. Yeah, not quite, not quite a year, I don't think. But it—it's a, a chunk of year or a chunk of time that a lot happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and yeah, you know, they're one you know normally run show that they have to keep one upping themselves every week yeah um well you know it's 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 we're in comic book universe territory here you know ab- when when do these books take place how is wolverine in all these places at the same time right, right. and what and I-, I think the comics uh industry has a lot more practice at like 
getting those timelines to all fit together, whereas the TV industry is just sort of figuring out uh, how to have several stories that happen in the same universe in diff- totally different places, like, fit together. Like, they're just figuring that out. And they're doing it in two very different fashions. They're mm-hmm. showing the, the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they do that episodically, where each, yes, there is a through line, but each show is its own, each episode is its own thing. They took Daredevil and now Jessica Jones and made a 13 hour television show with points that they could just cut for commercial breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Like the big commercial breaks and yeah, they, they do fit more like a one solid narrative than, right. uh, than episodic, I would say. So it's, and, and that's what I love about these that, that I'm a binge watcher. Watch binge watching Agents of Shield, where I do it like six episodes at a time. Completely different feeling than binge watching Daredevil or Jessica Jones, because it's not a when I'm watching Jessica. It I say to myself one more episode, but it's not that feeling. It's I'm going to sit another hour and watch this movie for another hour. Yeah, I'm going to get the next chapter of this book instead of the next episode of this TV show. Right. All right. The last thing that I want to throw out at this. Um, is uh you know you you've been reading some some wonderful things from IMDb. I I felt the need to read uh her uh, Jessica Jones' heroic career off her Wikipedia page. Okay. As Jewel, which is her superhero name, yes, <laughs> Jones was an upstart heroine with a fairly uneventful career until she intervened in a disturbance at a restaurant involving longtime Daredevil foe Zebediah Kilgrave, the Purple Man. Kilgrave used his power of mind control to place Jones under his command, psychologically torturing her and forcing her to aid his criminal schemes. After eight months, Jones began to lose the distinction between his will and her own. This is where it gets fun. In the midst of a temper tantrum, (laughs) the Purple Man sent Jones to kill Daredevil, erroneously directing her to Avengers Mansion. (laughs) What? Jones attacked the first hero she saw in a red costume, which was Scarlet Witch. Uh The mind control began to wear off, and Jones attempted to flee, but she was caught and severely injured by Vision and Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. And she wound up in a coma and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, her, her history continued from there. But I just, I loved the fact that she was sent to Avengers Mansion, got beat up by Vision and Iron Man and Scarlet Witch <laughs> into a coma. The, the, the fact is, is that she is super powered, so she could possibly put up a pretty good fight. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd buy that for a minute. She she would definitely put up a fight like you know she she would probably put up a pretty good fight against Daredevil, but when you're taking on Vision and Iron Man at the same time, yeah, you're yeah. toast. You're toast. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That's that's a that's a beatdown. Um. So how much of the Kilgrave story do you know? Um. Very little. They haven't really gone into his story at all. Okay. Uh, more. You know, his story is he's kind of a colossal dick and he can control minds. Okay. And that's. <laughs> That's pretty much spot on. We find out why, but other than that, I mean, it's all in his performance. He does such a good job. I mean, not a bad performance in the house. Even with like the, the, the sub characters, like the cop, um, he seems a little wonky at times. Um, but he, I think his name is Will. He does a phenomenal job later in the season. Another that uh, Malcolm, the neighbor. I love him. 
Oh, the arc that his character takes. I love all the characters takes. in her building. Like, that adds so much color for me. Because it's such a dark, dark show. And then every once in a while, it's like, oh, it's the, the, the drug addict or the crazy upstairs neighbors. Like, that's that really helps me get through, like, the rest of the The, the upstairs neighbors are phenomenal. And they play a good part of part in the the show later on as the, the season progressed. I mean, I, I like I said, I don't want to get too far into it. I want it to be as entertaining for you as it was for me but everybody that is listening to this podcast needs to watch this show needs to I feel like it's got to be so terrible to be a marvel superhero in new york like everyone that i've seen their lives suck like her you know her <laughs> shitty apartment her terrible life with no friends and no close people and daredevil's got kind of a shitty life going on even uh Toby Maguire, Spider-Man, like the the building well, that she lives in reminds me of like the crappy apartment he got and that, in those movies. And that was the thing with with Marvel heroes is that it it took place in real world, like it took place in New York, not Metropolis, not Gotham. Like Gotham is just as bad, if not worse, than the New York that we see in this Marvel universe. But we know it's fake. Mm-hmm. When we this is this is real, like yeah. this is how it is in 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 Hell's Kitchen. Hell's Kitchen in in reality is way smaller than this Marvel universe makes it seem. But there's a couple of like, you know, it takes place in New York because at one point in time she has to go from hospital to hospital. She's looking for something, and mm-hmm. she has a list. Like that she got from an app, and every hospital that's on that list is a real hospital in New York. Mm-hmm. Like I know that because of you know working in New York. Like that for me makes it more real. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. Like yeah. it makes it seem like it's it's grounded almost in this fantastical story that, that that's being told. I also have to give crazy mad props to the like visual teams of both this and Daredevil, but this specifically because we're talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. There have been so many shots in this, just like visual camera setups where i look at the shot and i'm like that is beautiful and that is such an interesting way to show like to to look at something relatively mundane there was a shot of her on the fire escape where she was shot from above but instead of the camera being like oriented the in the same direction as the fire escape it was perpendicular to the fire escape but it just and shot down through like the floor of the level the fire escape above her right it was just such a cool looking shot like there's just a ton of that in this which is which really awesome it and it's so true the the fact that they shoot this like a movie not like a tv show where like when you watch a tv show it feels like there's a a, a camera on a on a stand pointing at something the shots in this in the show feel real, like feel organic almost. Mm-hmm. Like there's whole, almost alive, right? There's a whole thing with um, her her window to her door, like her her, her, mm-hmm. her front door, the glass that it, it keeps breaking because of situations. And there are so many scenes of the camera panning out and looking at her because her desk is right in line with that through this pane of broken glass, which it's like symbolic of her life type mm-hmm. of thing, which like you don't, you're not going to get that in, you know, CSI. No. I, don't, I don't care how many episodes you watch. 
yeah, it may be as dark and as gritty, but this is done movie style, and it, it makes me appreciate the show so much more. Yeah. So. And the last thing I got to say about this show is, because um, I went on and on about it last week, this is kind of what I wish Supergirl was in terms of being a female-led superhero show. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. It doesn't need to be this gritty, but it does need to be not that stupid. She needs it's to be this strong. This strong and, yes. like, not just her, but the all, there's, like, the whole friggin' leading cast. There's the lawyer, there's her friend, they're all strong oh, female right. characters. I, for, I forgot like, about Carrie Ann Moss yeah, playing the like, baddest ass lawyer ever. They're all oh, well, badasses. Not there's ever. not a Daredevil there's not a ever. weak woman at all on screen ever. And you know what's great about that is that they 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 show the women in such a strong positive role, and mm-hmm. then they put a number of them in horrible horrible situations, mm-hmm. and then each and every one of them comes out stronger. Yeah. Um, like, I love that the friend is, like, all into, in the beginning, and she's all into self-defense, and she's all, you know, ends up with, uh, she's got bruises all over her arms, and she's got to cover up because right. they she's, presented you know, in the that media. As and- if she was meek, as if she's being beaten by someone. And then they turned that and flipped it where, no, she's bruised because she's kicking ass. Yes. She's, she's learning she's how looking to looking out for herself. Right. And, uh. And I really like it. Like there wasn't any sort of pretense of like, oh, I don't want to get all messed up because then, you know, my audience will see me and blah, blah, blah. No, she put her she put herself and her own safety first. And that's like we don't get to see that a lot. That's so freaking awesome. With, with like um, the upstairs neighbor. Ro- her name is Robin in the in the mm-hmm. show. She would be the weakest <laughs> of the, the characters. Mm hmm. But but that that's kind of like the point of her, right? But she is insanely strong, just crazy at the same time, right? <laughs> okay, and they played that so well. Like her story progresses later on in the show, and you're like, wow! Like when I first saw this girl, like I wanted to poke her in the eyes, and I was kind of hoping she'd fall off the fire escape. But by the end, you're like, all right, I get it. I understand why she's in this show. There's not a wasted character. There's not a a, a, a lost scene because every one of them, either visually stimulating or story driven, like it's not regular TV. It's just it's just a really long movie, which is like it's phenomenal. It's great. Yeah, it is also it is kind of a slow burn, I will say. Like we have only gotten you know four episodes into it so far, and. I mean, it's good, but I can't tell where it's going just yet. Like, and I'm I'm interested enough that I want to stick around and find out, but it's not like in my face at it's, all. And it's playing that there. It's playing as a long movie. If it mm-hmm. was it was played as, I know, short episodes, we'd already have just about the whole story by episode two or three because we need you to tune in next week to pay our, you know, sponsors. Mm-hmm. To make sure that they get their money's worth, but there, it's there. It may seem like it's drawing out, but once the show progresses through and you get the rest of it, it is paced really well. Like a lot of times with uh, new shows, there's that. Oh, you got to get to episode three. Once you hit up, like I said that with Daredevil, 
Got Once you hit episode two in Daredevil, if you're not hooked, don't watch it. Because episode two is that phenomenal fight scene in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Okay? This this is severely story-driven. And you yeah, get... And it, it- Exactly. It gives the story room to breathe. Like, there was this, the last episode we saw, there really was hardly any Kilgrave stuff in it at all. She was looking for who the spy was and who was following her and taking pictures, but it was mostly, you know, also about, like, uh, Trish, the friend, and the cop, like, their relationship. And then she was, had the client who, uh, you know, she, she thought maybe Kilgrave sent her another client, but it turned out they were just trying to kill her because they knew she had superpowers and it was like a whole other aspect of the story that like that would have been shoved out in a different show Mm -hmm. you know like we wouldn't even got to know about how society treats this person in in another show right and with all of those character moments like that don't involve jessica jones like the trish and and the will stuff like Mm -hmm. that is important because of what happens later on. Mm-hmm. So, all I, I mean, I know you guys are interested and you're going to you're going to watch the rest of it, but I I I, feel, I really feel like if if you're not locked in story-wise by by the end of episode 1, the beginning of episode 2, then they, I, they can't do it any better than this. Like they're pacing it perfectly. And it all all of it pays off in the end. Every last bit and piece that you see pays off in some point or another that's what i like to hear except for the jessica jones part i mean she sort of fades out after like episode eight i'm <laughs> just kidding <laughs> now with that being said i want both of you to go check out the don't trust the bitch in, in apartment 23 because that is the Kristen ritter i was introduced to couple of years ago and when they said Kristen Ritter is going to be playing Jessica Jones I was like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Kristen Ritter also showed up in um, uh, Veronica Mars yes she did she was Gia and, and she was freaking great in that she was but Gia was closer to Chloe from, or Chloe is that yeah Chloe from apartment 23 than she mm-hmm. is to Jessica Jones like oh, yeah it's Apartment 23, Veronica Mars, and then into, like, you could see a progression of this, this woman's career. Um, I, I don't think they could have cast it better. I couldn't think of anybody, like, a lot of times, like, I'll watch a show like this and go, ah, someone like X, Y, or Z could have played this better. I could see this person doing a better job at this role. And it, I, I haven't had that feeling for any of the characters at all. Like, David Tennant was perfect as Kilgrave. Perfect. Mm. David Tennant really can't do any wrong. All right. I think you might be slightly biased, but that's okay. <laughs> I've seen him in other things besides Doctor Who. You know, he's, Lies! A great, he's a great Shakespearean actor on top of anything else. I don't know. Apparently, the, his, the American version of Broadchurch wasn't spectacular. But <laughs> oh, yeah. He can't do an American accent for shit. <laughs> that was another thing that they kept, they kept saying on the internets. Why did David Tennant use the Doctor Who accent for Kilgrave? Because it was a British accent, because it's not his, a Scottish accent. So it's his thing. Like that's another thing that was ruining it for people. So well, people can't deal. Mm. Deal, people. Deal with it. Yes, there are people in other countries, and they sound different. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Lots of planets have a north. 
<laughs> Lots of pleasant planets do have a north. <laughs> All right, so recap. I'm saying check out the Be in Apartment 23 just for some good time, funny, laughy, laughy laughs. Chris, how do we... Definitely f- check out Marry Me. Okay. Karen? All whatever 26 times 2, 52 episodes of Sports Night are worth your time. Agreed. And I am wholeheartedly saying watch Jessica Jones and you guys by the end of this run will agree. Yeah, we second and third second. Yeah, exactly. All right. Christopher, I keep wanting to call you Christopher at this point in the show and I don't know why. It is my name. It's okay. No, it's not. We've gone over this. Chris! (laughs) (laughs) You could use his family nickname. Okay, let's not do that. Uh, I really was going to call him Boo Boo Kitty Fuck after you said that, but I stopped myself. <laughs> I didn't want to allude to his family yeah, calling him Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Well, you they, know, when they, they were they kids, don't. they were all running around, and that's what they'd call him. Chris, give us the, the internet's information, please. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at Geekade. You can subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for our latest video content, like Ring the Bell or The Walking Dead Fantasy League. And you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I am at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan is available at geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about any of the shows we discussed tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new almost every day. I say almost because I take Sundays off. I'm tired. All right. Listen, this, this little bit is just for me and my buddy, my, my cousin, Greg. Listen, I told you I'd give you a shout out and I'm doing it. The secret word is hippopotamus. Let's see how long he actually listened to this show. Forgot it. <laughs> shout out, Greg. <laughs> this one goes out to Greg. From, Big fan of the show. Greg. Big fan of the show. Big Greg. fan of the show. Got From the ball, all Greg. of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Dean DeFalco and I love Bubsy. I'm Chris and I also love Bubsy. <laughs> Those are all lies. Good night. Catalog. It's got a spiral ham on it just staring at me. (laughs) Oh, you want the ham? I really do want a ham. Oh, look at you, you beautiful son of a bitch. I think it's covered in brown sugar, too. (laughs) And then right over here, we have the Hickory Farms catalog, which I need to do something about. You are all about the smoked meats. Oh, I really am. <laughs> They've got like that quote unquote, and I'm using the term extremely loosely here. Healthy uh, choices. <laughs> Is it just the plastic wrapper that you lick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking jazzed about it. I'm gonna eat the shit out of those. Like they had a little tiny thing over in the grocery store, so at the very least, I can grab myself a summer sausage. Just wrap both hands around it and take over. Do this every year, Evan. Every I know. year. I know. I'm I've seen so it. excited. He loves wrapping his hands around a summer sausage.
<laughs> I really do. <laughs> it's you know, it's it's the weight. It's it's <laughs> the, the sheer girth, girth and girth. Yeah. weight. <laughs> this has gone down a path that I don't want to be on anymore. <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.